0: On the podcast today, we're going to talk about Eastern philosophy versus self-help, self-improvement, self-motivation, I should say also Eastern spirituality. And so one of the common messages I've received on the channel and through my website for a long time, and especially since you and I have been doing this podcast, there's a lot of people are thanking us for bringing Eastern philosophy and spirituality to their forefront and, you know, bringing and making them more aware of the deeper elements of Eastern spirituality because they've been following or been trying to get themselves out of depression and stress and anxiety through self-help, self-improvement, self-motivation, which in and of themselves can be an empty endeavor, you know, because the focus is is completely different, right? So when you're looking at self-help, you're trying to, it's based on achievement and building a life for yourself and gaining respect and attention from others and so forth and so on you know like it's it's about boosting yourself up trying to get yourself out of the you know the doldrums so to speak i remember once joe rogan said on the podcast talking about depression you've just got to do something that's true and false it's a dangerous message because yes in some sense for someone who is depressed and suffer from uh, you know a lot of anxiety and stress maybe they do have to do something with their life and you know motivate themselves to try and be better in, in that regard you know like in the social sphere and you know find something that they really enjoy but that has an it has an end also like it's not it's not related to like a complete transformation of yourself and, an, and a deeper understanding of yourself
1: and I think also that message could be very ignorant message because uh that's to say that not to regard that where that uh individual's mindset is at. Mm-hmm. Like that particular individual must have gone through such a traumatic experience personally mm-hmm. and um just uh, things just don't uh things just don't pan out right for that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, just and to that uh, individual, you just say you've got to do something, like mm-hmm. that's very uh, blank uh, message. Mm-hmm. It's, not, uh, it's not very uh, s- constructive, mm-hmm. yeah. Almost like um, complete, completely ignorant to where that person is at. It's not very considerable uh, response, I don't think.
0: No, and, and overgeneralizing like that, especially if we're looking at self help, is, is very dangerous because. I mean, like you said, each and everyone's situation is different, right? Like they may suffer from extreme depression and have suicidal tendencies and and so forth and so on. So just doing something is not going to get them out of that, that dark place. Where we could say Eastern philosophy and spirituality, is you could use that in a general sphere because that is about understanding yourself at a deeper level, going beneath the persona, understanding why you are this way and and actually why you do have suicidal tendencies or you suffer from depression and so forth and so on and as we know that's all linked to the persona it's linked to uh, especially the way socialization is set up these days is you know we ought to be high achievers we ought to have goals and then when you realize that 99.999% of us are just ordinary then you realize that you're not fulfilling these goals of this 0.0001% of so-called extraordinary achievers. And so then you suffer from stress and anxiety and so forth and so on. And it's a complete wrong uh, perspective of life.
1: It almost became like a social obligation nowadays because Mm. of the social media platforms. Mm. Like people feel that, they obliged to keep their appearances for their family and friends mm. and whatnot. And if they don't, they uh, maybe feel a little bit insecure that they might like uh, lose these um, connections mm. with people. And yeah, I can understand because the, the social media has um, has been taking over our life so much, mm. so that people feel that they ought to really be participating in these things Mm -hmm. but that's not really true like you said Mm -hmm. it actually uh, contributes more of that empty feeling Mm -hmm. that you have to uh, keep up with these people Mm -hmm. whereas without understanding how what kind of um, individual you really are what sort of um, person you really are
0: exactly well what Eastern spirituality teaches you, Eastern philosophy teaches you, is that most of us are ordinary and are going to live an ordinary life, and there's actually nothing wrong with that. Self-help, on the other hand, teaches you that you ought to have an extraordinary life, and, it, and as Elaine de Bouton once said, it, it gives this idea that, and it's a dangerous idea, and it's an American idea, that anyone can achieve anything. And it's a dangerous idea. And it's not to say that you ought not to be self-motivated. And, you know, obviously you do need some get up and go in your life. And if you want to get something done and so forth and so on. But there's a there's a limit to that. Do you know what I mean? And And that idea that anyone can achieve anything is actually not a reality. It's not a reality. We all have different... Uh, backgrounds and upbringings and so forth and so on and if you don't believe that then maybe read malcolm gladwell's book outliers to get a deeper psychological understanding of that but that's okay but see this american idea that you you anyone can achieve anything yeah that's that's the message is good the message is right but it's not realistic you see this is how it's a dangerous idea and why it is a dangerous idea is, is because if you're not doing anything with your life, mm. and that's the that's the template of life out there, you start to feel like a loser. Mm. You see, you start to feel like, oh, I mean, I'm not achieving. Like, look at all of these other people. This is how it's a dangerous idea. Mm. Do you see?
1: Is it, uh, th- that sort of idea plant seed in your mind that that you need to that you need to um, yeah be somebody you need to be somebody you need to achieve something to show people yeah so that you can show something that you've achieved for other people
0: mm. uh, yeah the, in the movie uh Patton old movie from the 70s war movie general Patton says in the thing in the movie Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser and that's become the mentality not just of Americans in general, but it's becoming the mentality of the world, and this is a very dangerous place to exist in, because you're basically saying that 99.99999% of the population are losers. That's what you're saying, because they're living in ord. We are all living an ordinary life. You and I are in that 99%, and most people listening and watching this podcast are in that percentage as well. And so, sorry, love. And so, what you've done is. You're, we, we have a life uh, where most people are ordinary, but you're trying to create a life for extraordinary people. And that's the height of craziness, because like you have a life which is supposed to cater for the ordinariness of life. And when we think about it, life is actually pretty good from that perspective. These days, we, all of our ancestors in all cultures have been working towards this point in time where we are now, where we all have a roof over our head, we have good, healthy, nutritious food. And then we've essentially thrown a snake in the grass and said, paradise is not what it's meant to be, you ought to strive for it to be extraordinary. Yeah. You know, like, so we, we have it, we have it. But we don't, but we've, we're starting to slowly create a society that, that doesn't accept ordinariness.
1: Yeah, I mean like you mentioned like for example in, over in America they created a society just to cater the winners, yep. right? But that that is to imply that either they are not acknowledging that 99.9% of population are let's say losers mm. or they just don't know. Mm. Yeah. Either way, they just don't pay any attention to the rest of the people who mm. don't mm. who can't achieve and who yeah who don't a- a- achieve mm.
0: which is a majority
1: so, yeah which is majority so that's to create some interesting landscape of society you see mm. like they highly likely implant uh some like a Fantastic idea to ordinary people mm-hmm. to not to look at their situations correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Objectively, mm-hmm. and they give false hopes to, which I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a sociological level, that's to create a lot of um, middle, non, below middle class people, uh, not in a. Not that not paying too much attention to those people's livelihood, for example, yes, like when we visit visited america America, we really shocked by the poverty that we'd never get to see in the, in the media, mm-hmm. like in New York and North Los Angeles and pretty much everywhere that we visited right mm-hmm. unfortunately, and like we were really shocked how poor some people are especially
0: for a first world nation yeah exactly
1: and apparently it's just growing Mm. that number so that winner like a winning winners driven society Mm. is not catering those people so so where where is that going and they don't want to acknowledge, okay, well and good, but where where do you see the America as a nation look like in the future? Mm-hmm. That's pretty concerning thing. And, again, the rest of the world, world really, like, embracing that idea of a winner's mentality. Mm-hmm. So that becomes kind of a global problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, I don't know, like, people blindside or they just want to don't look at it Mm. like it's just interesting dynamic
0: well the thing about it is right self-help and and self-improvement self-motivation that keeps you in the sociological game do you see and society and government and and those sorts of institutions don't they don't care about your own personal liberation they need you to participate in the game Mm. you see and so self-help is about keeping you in the game but it's about motivating you more to get more involved, get more engaged. But the problem is, is, as we've been discussing, not everyone can achieve everything. Anything, everything. A, any, anything like everything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there are going to be those people who fall out of society and become homeless and so forth and so on because they don't know how to play the game, so to speak. And so you've built a society that's not catering to everyone. Because you build a society based on extraordinariness and not ordinariness, and this is what Al- Alain Dubaton once said that the Danes, the Danish, have worked it out because they've created a society for losers. Now, not using losers in a in a failure, a, a, as a as a failure, but as just ordinary. So they've made a society for ordinary people where everything is exceptional, but it's made for just you know you and I and. No one is uh, seeking, well, not many people are seeking fame and fortune and so forth and so on because life is just generally good. And so that's very important, right? So when we look at, if we look at the self-help section in, in the bookstores, right, they cater towards two people or, or they cater towards two mentalities that, or two attitudes we, we want, which is like basically how to make a lot of money, how to make millions of dollars and the other one is how to deal with low self-esteem. They're both connected. It's, they're not separate, actually, as you know. Like Seeking lots of money also caters for low self-esteem. You're trying to gain respect and attention from others by gaining material wealth. So when we, de- when we look at it from a deeper psychological level, we're dealing with people who haven't been intrinsically loved a lot in their life and they're yearning for more and more and more and more It's like when you see the guy with a Lamborghini or something like that, though you may think he's greedy and this and that, maybe that that guy just is trying to acquire a lot of love in his life, but he's just never had that. (laughs)
1: And that person wants attention from having that sort of possession.
0: Exactly, exactly. So they're trying to get it through means that actually don't work, do you see? And that's what that extraordinary society is trying to uh, promote, is that if you acquire all these material possessions that is associated with the winner then you will be you know psychologically stable and free and you will have everything you need Mm. but as we see with depression rates especially with wealthy people and suicides with wealthy people and so forth and so on that's not that's not the the truth Mm. you know if you're a parent and you're raising a child and that child has no uh no yearning to become famous or or Uh, extremely wealthy then as a parent you've done something right because they don't need and that the Mm -hmm. child doesn't need anything else to validate their their existence they've accepted themselves Mm -hmm. as they are and you know if you have a child out there listening or watching this podcast and that's you've Mm -hmm. done something right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that child had uh, been given so much love that child needed Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and as a Yeah, growing up. Growing up, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's a, but in a sense, that's kind of normal, right? Like, Mm. that should be the way it is, Mm. yeah. But unfortunately, most of our parents also pursue (laughs) (laughs) those uh, (laughs) external goals and uh, uh, social status and whatnot, and uh, being a, a child of that, kind of parents it's, mm. it's it's a bit you know difficult to be fulfilled by just being ordinary
0: mm. was well, so if we just go back say if we just go back to the 1800s mm. depression rates were low you know suicide rates were low and there was a lot more love in the family because of what you said the parents weren't goal-oriented they uh, weren't confused by this uh, illusion of winner and loser the ordinary life was the good life, and it actually is the good life, which is what we're going to get into today. Uh, but they didn't have any of these confusing social uh, norms that, or that that have become norms, actually, in the modern day. And so children did feel like they were loved, you know, or they knew that, well, not they felt like they were loved, you know, but what we're doing with society today is, it's become super competitive because you've got to fall into that point zero 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 one percent of extraordinary achievers. That's what parents want for their students, right? Like we see this a lot, especially uh, in, in Eastern Asia. Uh, they've really taken on board this American idea of winner and losers. And so you ought to, you know, you ought to get to that level. And if you don't, then you just, a, well, in their eyes, if you become a plumber or an electrician or something like that, then you're a loser,
1: It's somewhat—it's the perfect cocktail with the Confucianism. It is, yeah. Because Confucianism supports to be looked in a certain way Mm. and achieve certain social um, status and whatnot, Mm. and that to be regarded as a successful um, Mm. life. Mm. Yeah, so it's um, go hand in hand.
0: Definitely goes Mm. hand in hand. Oh, it's perfect. Mm. But this competitiveness is killing us, then. It's killing us, and this is the danger of self-help, self-improvement, self-motivation, because it's not peeling the onion back. It's not so. For example, if you're just going, if you do suffer from depression and suicidal tendencies and so forth and so on, and you're just going to focus on doing something with your life, it's band-aid solutions. You're not looking or addressing the problem itself. You see, you just you're applying a band-aid to it. It'll make you feel good temporarily, but it's not going to give you lasting change.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, socially, most of us don't have much knowledge to where to look at, for example, Mm. to make themselves better and um, become a better person, to improve yourself. It's it's a right intention, right? Mm. But because... Uh, mainstream um, publishing houses and mainstream media usually promote that sort of uh, very um, yeah new age kind mm-hmm. of a materially motivated self-help self um, improvement books mm-hmm. or uh, speakers and whatnot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then people all get drawn into that kind of uh, materials. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a kind of a f- yeah it's very shallow. Knowledge. It, I don't think I. I wouldn't say that's uh, not true. Yeah. What they're promoting, but it's uh, too like a uh, shiny and fantastic uh, ideas. That's what they're trying to promote, so that people get drawn into it. But then it doesn't really give any kind of solution. And most of those books, I find it very scientific. Uh, f- the facts and uh, figures and this kind of information-based mm-hmm. and also uh, much to do with the, like other people's stories. Mm-hmm. It tells you a lot of other people's stories mm-hmm. or just about those people and what they've achieved.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it, Yeah, you can make good connection and you can learn a lot of things, but it's not... About you, really. No, no. It's, it doesn't teach you, teach you about what you actually need to do, right? No, no. So I think that's a lot of um, things that we need to think about.
0: Well, it's a, it's a good point, love, because the thing is, like, people will use uh, examples like they might say, oh, look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He was homeless and now he's the highest paid movie actor in the world, and uh, look at his work ethic and so forth and so on. But everyone's different. You're trying to say that everyone can be like Dwayne Johnson, and that's not true. There's there's so many factors to take in. There's psychological factors. There's your just your genetic makeup that you r- receive from your parents. There's a, we are complex patterns, and we're not uh, exactly the same on that level. On the atman level, of course, you know there is no difference. But that does that have anything to do with mm. psychology or personality? But they're trying to promote, like you said, through story other people's stories, as if that that relates to you, and it doesn't really relate to you.
1: It's got nothing to do with nothing you, actually. Do, no. Literally, it's got nothing to do with you. It might give you uh, like a really boosted motivation and mm. things like that, but it all depends on how you use it, how mm. you can make use of it.
0: Yeah, you know. Well, the, you know, if you look at, say, if we look at Dwayne Johnson's point of view right he was homeless so of course he was more motivated I'm not saying that all homeless people are motivated to get out of that situation but for him personally he was motivated to get out of that situation and he did and then and then some mm. <laughs> you know but most people who are going to all of these self-help gurus and and lectures and this and that are generally middle class people and are just trying to get on with their life and are trying to look at a, a greater way of dealing with society itself because what we what we are not taught in this world when we're brought into it not even by by our parents or not by anyone in in society is how to deal with this inherent suffering that we feel as individuals in the world obviously eastern philosophy and spirituality deal with that but when we look at it from that perspective of winners and losers and that you ought to be a winner that only throws fuel on the fire of that suffering that we feel going through life because we don't have a greater understanding and self help, self motivation and that won't give you a a deeper understanding of that. And so what happens when people do start to follow these self help gurus and and are trying to make a better life for themselves, they stay in this perpetual loop of trying to motivate themselves but they're not getting anywhere. It's like it's like a car spinning the tires on the on the ground but you're not travelling forward. You know, so I don't want to mention anyone's name here, but like there's a particular self-help guru who you guys can probably work it out for yourself, but who people will go to all the time and they'll pay like $4,000 to go and see this individual. And this individual, though may be eloquent with their words, but they keep people in this perpetual cycle of uh, needing more self-help and more self-motivation, trying to improve themselves, but no one's making any forward progress. And some people may say, oh yeah, but my business has gone forward because of this individual and you know, I've sharpened you know, certain things up in my life. I, I'm not denying that. But you're not making the ground. In the internal world, you're not making any ground like because you're trying to throw all of these band-aids and bandages on the wounds that you have, but you're not going forward it's
1: uh, almost like a painkiller yeah, pain how painkiller yeah. works right Yeah, yeah we have um, pain in internally or externally and we take painkillers yeah. and it uh temporarily the pain goes away yeah. but the the problem is still there right yeah. and more you take painkiller the problem gets even worse right so it's fine to l- go and see that sort of um, speakers and listen to people like that or reading books from um, that sort of people and whatnot. It's all well and good, but I've got to remember if we were to just concentrate on that side of uh, self-improvement, what happens internally is that I think we just stop, we don't even look at what's happening within ourselves, right? Mm. So like you mentioned, suffering and pain and whatnot. Those suffering and pain is there, and it may get worse actually mm. from just focusing on external, shallow self-improvement mm. knowledge, right? Mm. And it'll just enhance suffering and pain while you don't even notice it. Mm. And all of a sudden maybe you might have uh, like a moment that you feel extreme depression or anxiety or whatnot, you feel extreme, like empty feeling inside you, and things like that. Because it doesn't really give you like a, tools to make it as yours. Mm. And I feel that all that sort of advice is like a, a full stop. <laughs> It's just a statement. Mm. You do this, you will have this. This is the solution. Mm. So what happens is that when you hear that sort of advice, yeah, of course it makes sense, Mm. but it doesn't um, trigger anything within yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's completely uh, external advice. It's not something that happens arises within you. It's not a question mark advice. Whereas Eastern... Spirituality is constant questions mm-hmm. Why is it like this? Why do I feel like this? Hmm? Like, why did I react that way in that moment? So it's just completely opposite from what we really need, I think
0: Yeah, well it's built on the idea that if you acquire all these things like, Because basically you're being motivated And you're so-called helping your life to have a more materialistically rich life right that's what it's about in the end because you know even if we look at that right if we look at self-help and this and that which like well especially westerners have have merged that into eastern spirituality which has become sort of like new age spirituality which is about abundance and so forth and so on and that doesn't help you anything you know that doesn't help you go to the deeper levels of yourself it keeps you focused on the external world and, the, and that concept of winners and losers. Because if I do get that job, if I do get that car, the house, so forth and so on, I will be perceived as a winner. Mm. But if I ride a bike around, <laughs> then I'm perceived as a loser. But if you're perfectly comfortable riding a bike around, and not that you're intentionally doing it, but just, that's just what you do, then something's gone right in your life, Sam. You don't need the Ferrari. You're just like, I'm just on the bike. It's cool, man. Like this is what I this is what I this is my transport. You've done something right in your life because you don't need anything else to validate y- your existence.
1: That place is uh, com- uh come from the complete understanding of your situation yeah. and your on your environment, immediate environment, yeah. right? And That is actually first and foremost thing to begin with, to understand your own environment instead of looking at Dwayne Rock Johnson's environment. Mm.
0: And it's a recognition that you're ordinary and most of us are ordinary. And being ordinary is not a bad thing. You know, look at Zen and look at Taoism, right? And Vedanta, the whole philosophy is focused on ordinariness, if we look at the great Zen master Lin Chi, Qi, Lin Chi's like, when asked about, you know, what's, you know, to be Buddha and this and that, what, what do I have to do? I eat your food, you know, move your bowels. When, when you're tired, rest. When you want to wake up, wake up. When you're hungry, hungry eat. eat. And then everyone's like, oh, this guy's, I mean, if he was talking these days, imagine he was lecturing at Harvard or something, trying to motivate young students. <laughs> Lin Chi, what should we do? Well, when hungry, eat, tired sleep need to move your bowels make sure you go to the toilet Hmm, this is what is is this a koan or something no it's about understanding that the ordinary life is the good life the extraordinary life is self-torture you are torturing yourself you are trying to live up to Dwayne the Rock Johnson or someone like this that you've seen and you've heard their story and you think why not me the mantra is we can all achieve anything we want to achieve. That's not the right, that's not the truth.
1: Yeah, sometimes like um, it's in a conversation with people like it comes up talking about cars and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they often ask me like, "What car do you drive?" <laughs> you know what? I don't even drive. <laughs> <laughs> we don't own a car, right? <clears throat> and the people like, you know, "What?" Like mm. then. then, then Isn't it too uncomfortable, like not to have your own car and this and that? Like, you know what, the buses and trains trains that take me everywhere that I want, right? Mm -hmm. If we really need we can rent a car for like a few days or so and Mm. that's all we need, really. Because we don't have car, we can walk everywhere we we want and Mm. get more exercises. Mm. And like nothing wrong with it.
0: Like we travel the world, but my car There
1: are tons of people that can get you places, right?
0: We've hitchhiked in many countries. Stranded in Myanmar somewhere, put your arm out. Yep. Yeah. Most people are good have a good heart. They get
1: on the back of the truck. Get on the back
0: of the truck and off you go. It's easy. It's not difficult.
1: That's uh that's why and also like possessing a car is a, for some people, it's a, like mm. a big thing, and mm. taking care of the car and wash, give it a good wash every week, oh, and yeah. <laughs> and some people say that's their hobby, and like I'm no. like, oh okay, well okay.
0: You are possessed it, by the objects. Yeah. And that was a realization for me back in 2006 when I gave my car.
1: See you later. Its
0: burial, <laughs> and I've never had a car ever since, mm. as you know, and so. When actually I got rid of that, because it, it is amazing how much a car does possess you, because you think about like, you know, you've got to get a service, you got to clean it, you know, and you, you ought to do those things if you have a car. Most people listening and, and watching this podcast probably have a car, and so you ought to get a service in a snack, because you, you know.
1: Otherwise it's going to break down. Break down,
0: mm-hmm. but it, it is amazing how much you are possessed, in a sense, by that material possession. How much attention it needs, and it 's an inanimate object yeah and, and, and essentially you're constantly uh, projecting your mind onto something else when you should be projecting it on into your inner world mm. and dealing with what's going on, on the inside and, and and you and I are only talking about a car most people have not just a car they have tons of other things houses and boats boats Mm. yeah you name (laughs) it it. (laughs) and so that it becomes a burden on the mind to deal with all of that but according to the winners and losers society is that if you have that you're a winner but the irony is is you feel empty inside you're not fulfilled you're not living a full-fledged life you're living the life of what society tells you you should live Not the life that you feel resonates deeply within yourself. That's very important, right? We're all trying to live the rich person's life, but that doesn't resonate deeply with all of us. Mm. But we think we ought to live that life because that's what's accepted. Because for whatever reason, the ordinary life is not good enough Mm. these days. But we've built a fantastic world to cater for ordinariness, But we threw that snake in the grass where we said, no, 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 the ordinary life is not good enough no more. We need to be extraordinary.
1: I think in reality, in actual reality, there's only ordinariness.
0: Mm, Of course.
1: But people, most of us, deny to see it that way. Mm. We want to be a winner, right? That's why, yeah, we throw snakes in the grass. Mm. Whereas... If we decided to decide to see there is only ordinariness, and there's tremendous beauty in it, and there is no more depression, there is no more anxiety,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there is no more of um, competitiveness that you get you feel that you have to keep up your appearances in social medias and whatnot, mm-hmm. there's none of that. And you, you are perfectly fine, mm. as, as, as you are, really. Yeah. You, don't have to, you don't have to do anything no. to look a certain way.
0: Well, how many emails now have I received, especially for Fasting the Mind and Effortless Living, about how those books have changed their lives? Because they were stuck in a loop of trying to achieve something in their life according to what society thinks is acceptable. But then, as you know, fasting, the mind, effortless living, is just like, don't worry about any of that nonsense. Like, keep the mind pristine, keep it pure, and trust life. And actually, that unties the knot in your heart, you see? Like Lao Tzu says, like, the chase and the hunt maddens our hearts. He's talking about this 2,500 years ago. But it's, I mean, if we showed him now, the current reality he's just like man is it, where can I go is there a plane is there a rocket to Mars or something I need to get out of the ASAP because it, the chase and the hunt is is not just maddening our, maddening our hearts it's making us sick
2: yeah.
0: so in yearning for that life we are becoming sick and that the proof of that is in the the drastic increase in the rates of suicide and depression and the amount of people who suffer from stress and anxiety is the proof that that life is not the actual correct way to live, but to trust in life and just uh, accepting your life as it is is actually a, a, the great relief you have. You know, understanding your ordinariness and actually embracing that, and, and and not and and getting out of this mindset that you ought to do something to be famous or wealthy, and all of this garbage that we're we're constantly fed by all of these, by the media and, and, and by self-help gurus and so forth and so on.
1: There's one, this very distinctive thing that we, I think we need to address. Self-improvement industry gives you a lot of motivation and whatnot. But eventually, self-improvement books only put light on what you lack. Right, mm. whereas Eastern spirituality gives you recon- recognition of what you already have,
2: yep.
1: so that you you get to realize that you how much you need to trust the life itself and trust yourself, your like a, intuitive feelings and intuitive pull to mm. something mm. right mm. that's the something. Fundamental point, I think yeah. The self-improvement industry Shows you what you don't have that, that's, that's the thing Like you, all you, he- you read and hear all these stories The success stories, right? Mm-hmm. It only gives you A feeling of uh, emptiness It can only give you a feeling of emptiness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it shows you What you don't have and I think that's how they market.
0: Yeah, they do. They're they prey on your life. Yes,
1: they know that people want to hear that sort of stories mm-hmm. to promote the what people have, which most people don't have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that buying those books or go to those sort of uh, lectures boost boost you and and give you some sort of a like a a a bit of a like a lie it's a fake fake belief that you have you achieve that that you you were lacking from reading those books from going to those lectures right Mm. give you i think that's why we see these um yeah like uh, you mentioned with big seminar with like two three thousand of people in front of this person and people like um i don't know like they go really get hyped up and they're like oh yeah i can do it you know like (laughs) you say you can do it i can do it whatever it's a A bit cringy it's a bit of a circus (laughs) you know and like from yeah joining that sort of uh activity and lecture, and you get boosted and you feel so high, right? Mm -hmm. And you feel like uh, you achieved that uh, things that you always wanted to achieve in that moment. Mm -hmm. But that moment, a lot of people don't realize it. It's only temporarily, Mm though. So when you... Finish that lecture and whatever, like, a program they have for days or something. So once you finish, you'll go back home. it lasts last how long, you think? A month?
0: Yeah, a month. Ah. Less. Less probably.
1: <laughs> then, like, everything becomes normal.
0: Because life takes over, right? So. Exactly.
1: Then, like, you go back to the normal state of being depressed as depressed
0: hell. Depressed as hell, yeah. It's, you're not getting grounded in those sort of... Exactly. From those knowledge and from those seminars. Yeah. But you raise a good point because Eastern spirituality and philosophy is more about being grateful, Mm. where self-help, self-improvement keeps you hungry, Mm. never satisfied.
2: Mm.
0: And that's a dangerous place to be when you're never satisfied because you you will actually never be satisfied Mm. and you'll live your life and you will die Mm. in that mentality. Till your deathbed, you'll be working on something, never be content, you see. But Eastern spirituality is is telling you to be grateful for what you have. And most of, as you know, most of the great gratitude meditation practices like in Taoism and Buddhism and Hinduism, every morning is about focusing on what you have and being grateful for that, not what you don't have. So, you know, I'd be grateful for you being in my life and all the people listening and watching, just simple things that we have here, extremely grateful, but not putting my mind on things I don't have because yeah. I just don't why I don't need them and I don't have them <clears throat> so why should your mind be occupied with that but the way society is oriented is that they keep you hungry keep you starving for more and so you're constantly yearning for more right you're yearning for the next car the next woman or man you know I mean? you're not even satisfied in your own relationships you want new friends I mean it gets pretty nutty yeah. but that's the way that, well, that's the psychosis that is being produced by this. This is the psychopathies that are happening because of that the social norm of winners and losers, and it doesn't work. And it's not producing a, a healthy society. It's creating sick people. But the thing is that w- what you and I are talking about is not going to be put out in the media and put out in large scale because the whole system is 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 faulty. And it's corrupt. Like even if you go to a psychologist, they're still operating from that place too. They're trying to get you to like a place of motivation. And Sure, I'm sure there's some psychologists out there that will try to deal with deeper things. But in the end of the day, they're dealing with those deeper things to try and get you out there and do things.
1: It's almost giving them false hypnosis. Yeah. Just for that moment to fix that the feeling that those people have.
0: Yeah. But it's like what you said. If, if say, if someone, if you went to a, a guru or you went to a sage, they would say, "What do you have in your life?" Well, I have all this and that. What's the problem? And then, like, when people sit back, oh, well, but I don't have this other stuff. What's, what's yeah, wh- why why, why not- is that actually a problem mm-hmm. that you don't have that? Mm-hmm. I don't have Mars. I don't have Jupiter. <laughs> I mean, but they're still doing their thing. It's not a problem. So why are you looking at other things as if you need that to validate your existence? You don't. you have bought into an illusion. You're bought into that hypnosis of the society that, that is telling you that you ought to have this and this is what validates your existence. And it doesn't. Eastern spirituality is teaching you to be completely content with absolutely nothing. Not even your persona. You've got to drop that. You've got to be completely content being just the pure self, pure awareness. And if you can reside and abide in that, <clears throat> nothing is going to affect you in your life. You, know? mm. you won't suffer any stress, no anxiety. That, that cannot be cultivated within yourself because you're not attracted to the shiny things outside. You know? You're not maddening your heart in that process. You know?
1: Yeah, that just reminds me of the documentary you watched together. About um, Kumbh Mela mm. happens about every 12 years mm. in um, in India, northern mm. India. Yeah, the, something very um, that struck my mind was that the Nagas, Naga, Sathas, Naga Sada, so, sure. so naked sadhus. Mm-hmm. Maybe a lot of people who heard about those people. Naked sadhus with the really long hair and um, just the ashes all over their body and mm. like they like the I didn't know like so many rules they had to follow in jumping hoops to become that mm. Mm. like they had to um, follow certain rules for a certain amount of time to be uh, to become that. Nagasados, mm. and you can't sleep. You can only sleep on the soil with the thin sheet of uh, Wath, fabric yeah. yet on top. And you can. You're not allowed to um, cut your hair and mm. um, overcome all these um, physical, sexual uh, desires and um, senses and whatnot. And because I thought they chose to be a naked sadu, just be naked and put ashes all over and you become one. That's what I actually thought. But mm-hmm. but even uh, their um, motive motivation behind it is so even more extraordinary that they understand that uh, what this material world does to all of us and they voluntarily say no to that and they just go the other extreme to uh, live with uh, and merge with the Brahman Mm. and that's all there is for them and that's the purpose of life, their life and they are extremely fulfilled and happy from being uh, Nagasadu Mm. they pay immense respect to um, River Ganga and yeah, just, that was something, I mean, it's very extreme, but uh, there's a lot to learn from that sort of um, mindset.
0: Mm. Yeah, a lot of those spiritual paths, especially the Hindu paths, like the Shaiva, Nagasarus and Aviduts, and it's all about complete uh, negation of the world, actually, and the dissolution of the eye. It's for the 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 purpose of the dissolution of the eye right because the eye is the one that's attracted to what we're talking about and so you're overcoming all of those material needs even like you said taking away beds and clothes Mm. you're taking away clothes as well you know what i mean and you're bathing only in ash and you know this is this is your life going forward
1: they're not allowed to possess
0: Anything, anything anything yeah they might have a cloth or this and that, so you know they don't. That's get, it, really. So if they're traveling from northern India to southern India, they don't get arrested in Chennai or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but in India, you wouldn't get arrested walking around naked. But you know, um, yeah. So you, you, you're their their life is centered on lack. We ought to <laughs> we ought to have nothing. Mm. Not not lack the yellow way. No. We ought, can't have We anything. can't have anything. Yes, yes I want. I want nothing. I want lack. Yeah. And
1: they're fully, like, f- really full power on yeah. it. Like, they are just, like, mm. so high on that mm. energy. Yeah.
0: Well, they've been around. I mean, those paths, the, not just the Naga Saadu path, but the other Saadu paths as well have been around for thousands of years. Yes. And it's been, and it's an intense, powerful spiritual path. Like, it, I mean, especially if, if you look at the path of the Navidut, so wandering sage like their whole focus is just on the dissolution of the eye and just living away from society and just always in constant abidance in brahman like the constant abidance and they're not playing any sort of spiritual game of one-upsmanship how all of these new ages and that carry on these days it's like oh i can hang in society and 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 be enlightened as well sure you're talking about yourself again. That's the first problem. <laughs> so they're not under any of that illusion. So they, they divorce themselves mm-hmm. from society and they remain in bliss. And if you've had the good fortune to come across individuals like that, then being in their presence is, oh, is trans- transformative.
1: Very powerful. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, obviously we all have that opportunity, but not all of us are going to go to that extreme. You and I are not going to go to that extreme. But uh, if you follow, especially if you look at it from uh, the Buddha's perspective of not falling into either extreme, because he went to that extreme and he had the other extreme too. He had wealth and prosperity and so forth and so on. You find this middle way of between extremes where there's a balance, where, where it's more of a balanced life. But it's an ordinary life, you see, and you're completely comfortable and content. You don't need to go to that extreme or to that extreme. You're like in the center point where you're completely comfortable. You don't need material wealth. It's like what the Gnostics say. The Gnostics will say there's three things that you need, food, clothing, and shelter, and that's it. You, if you focus on the bare minimum of food, clothing, and shelter, shanti. Life is good. But if you go outside of that, life becomes a problem. You know, Maybe if you, you retract that, it probably doesn't become much of a problem, but it may become a problem too. Because there are some sadhus, you know, we, we need to be honest. Some sadhus do suffer because they don't, you know, some of them don't have a lot of nutrition and so forth, and so uh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, majority of them are living uh, well. Yeah. Because because of India's orientation on spirituality, people who take that path are very are, are well respected, you know, in society. Say so ashrams will give free food and you know clothing and so forth and so on, if they want clothes. So, <laughs> so you know, you have that. Yet you have that opposite path of, of complete negation of of the winner and loser mentality. Yeah. The problem is, mm. is if you put one of the Nagasadus in somewhere like Australia or America or Europe or somewhere like that, they get arrested because it wouldn't be understood, you know. No. Why, why, why does this guy not want anything? Mm. It would be completely confusing. If you remember, we've taken groups to... Of Arunachala, where a lot of sadhus live at the foot of Arunachala, because Arunachala is uh, deemed as a, a manifestation of Shiva, and so a lot of sadhus will reside at, at the base there. And there's the famous production on a road which, which goes, around. goes around Arunachala, and devotees walk mm-hmm. around that well every day. But there's uh, every full moon, people will walk around, especially and we've taken groups there on spiritual retreats and that and one individual said oh, what are all these losers doing you know well they don't have a home and this and that uh, the westerner here we won't mention their name but do you see like the the lack of understanding of the value in that path because of what we're talking about see you ought to have riches you ought to have house car you ought to have shelter there's all of these pre-existing rules that we've been inculcated with in society. And so when we see something that's diametrically opposed to that, yeah. we have a nervous reaction and we, d- we just can't understand it. Yeah, like,
1: you know, what's wrong with them? What's wrong they with them? They don't that? have families? Or... Yeah. yeah.
0: And we've heard this all around the world. We've heard people even in Thailand call monks losers and stuff like that. And, and it's usually Westerners because they can't quite, they just, they don't get it they don't they can't grasp the concept of negation they can't grab the concept of renunciation they just don't get it they don't see that there's a value in it and when you pull them into that path and you show them that life and you take them on a on a side on like a lengthy side on a lengthy spiritual retreat then the layers start to peel and then they understand you know they may not go to that length of a sadhu, but they begin to understand, right, that that's actually the healthy way to live. I'm I'm living an unhealthy way. Yeah,
1: they they are the winners.
0: They are the winners. They're the real winners. Yeah, they've fully accepted themselves at at their at their core. They've come back to the what am I, and they're not worried about the who they are, you know. And it's our it's our. In, in, in the modern society, it's our lack of acceptance of ourselves that is making us sick mm. right And so those especially those sadhus and monks and all of the people uh, that follow a, a spiritual path sincerely, mm. they have fully accepted themselves and 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 actually are seeking to dis- to dissolve that uh, socialization that's been imposed imposed yeah. on them. Mm. Because they they have identified that that gives them suffering and actually brings them illness. Mm. Yeah. That's very important, right? Mm.
1: The place like India, I think it's. Uh, I I wish India stays as an authentic India, mm. and and don't get uh, too much of that sort of materialistically um, mm. driven yeah. ideas. Because it's a very unique place where a lot of people actually actually pay so much respect to those people who live mm. uh, sadhus' life. Yep. Just um, like most most of Indian people, wealthy people, well-educated people, even those people acknowledge how important. And they are mm. in the world and also they pay a lot of um respect as well. Mm. So in the western world you yeah, might get arrested or uh, considered as a cre- crazy people yeah, or loser. Things like, yeah loser and things like that. But we've we've witnessed it in the with the direct eyes that they get they get so much respect from mm. local people mm. and sometimes foreigners too. Mm. Like they, you would offer like um, some little material possessions or food or anything. In some cases, they deny it because they don't need it. Mm. Mm. They just oh, no, no, that's okay. Like mm. you know, mm. and they're completely fine with not having much, and that's been respected. I think that's uh, there's so much um, important values yep. in that society in India,
0: definitely mm. in Asia in general, right? Like yeah. there's there's just a, a deep respect for that, and it comes from like the, the the humility of that place too, you know, like in a deference as well, like the deference being meaning that you know obviously uh, like being able to defer to someone that you respect, and so you're willing to. Take the you know uh, more of a a lower path compared to that individual, mm-hmm. and show them gratitude. You know, like mm-hmm. for example, like when especially like especially like say in Thailand when the monks come out for morning alms, mm. and in the community, and then uh, there's no sense of pride in the local village people or, or disrespect. They they give the food that they've cooked to the to the monks. Mm-hmm. And then they bow down on their knees mm-hmm. and then the monks, you know, mm-hmm. chant and they take the blessing. And it's such a beautiful synergy of that, that spirituality interwoven with the culture. Mm-hmm. And there's a deference there where someone's just, you know, completely fine to take a, a lower road, a submissive path, and, and give gratitude to those individuals who are following that path yeah there's a there's a respect there because they know deeply as within india with the sadhus and the yogis and that, that the in the this so people in society know deeply that uh they are doing the great work they are the ones trying to attain moksha in this life and we ought to pay them respect but the problem is as with, as with what you said is if we look at places if we look at mumbai right if we look at mumbai And you and I've seen this: is that there's a sentiment developing where there's a a lack of respect towards yogis and sadhus. Now people start calling them bums and beggars; they're losers in society. And where is it coming from? It's coming from that individualistic mentality, which has a lack, which which is which is too, too has too much pride, too much ego, and so when you're from that place, you look at everything from your perspective and you judge it accordingly. And you're out of sync with the way things work or the way things are in that world, you know.
1: Yeah, there's a big growing population mm. in India. Mm. And a lot of them even abandon Hinduism. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they promote um, communi- communism and yeah. Christianity and yeah. whatnot. And um,
0: It's worrisome, actually. Yeah,
1: it is worrisome. They almost seem to uh, look down on their own tradition Mm. and just to follow um, what the rest of the world uh, thinks is good. Yeah. And yeah, that's not, then it's not quite right, I don't think. No. Mm.
0: Well, they're falling into this thing that we're talking about. Mm. They're falling into this path of self help and being the coolest in the school and so forth and so on, you know they are fallen into that path, mm. and so when you do fall into that category, what happens? You become arrogant. You become self-centered. It becomes more me-oriented, and so what's happening around you and what other people do is seems ridiculous to you. You see.
1: We know this with um, Indian people. They have that um, very like a genetic. I think it's genetic temperament whatever they think it's good they just take on board like (laughs) 1000% like this is it this is is it for for my rest of my life like it's uh, so they take it take that that way as well right yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. it's true yeah
0: there's an innocence there there's innocence (laughs) there yes but the thing Mm. is that especially with what we're talking about when you when you start to bring in that winner- loser dichotomy is that that is toxic in, in that world because there's a lack of acceptance of yourself and, of, and also a lack of acceptance of the world. And so when you don't trust yourself or the world, technically you're, you're an ill person. You are sick. You're out of sync. You're out of sync with yourself. You're out of sync with the world. Mm. There's no way that you can... benefit. Well, you can, First of all, you can't benefit yourself. And if you can't benefit yourself, you can't benefit the world. There's just... And so what's going to happen? Well, there's just going to be conflict out there, right? You're going to see the world as in opposition to yourself from your own mentality, but you're also at conflict with yourself as well. Yeah. You know, you haven't accepted yourself. Mm. When If you haven't accepted yourself, mm. you can't ex- accept the world. And this is a big problem. Whereas if we look at Eastern spirituality and why you and I have been receiving a lot of messages from the podcast, a lot of people have said that things has changed their life and this and that is because Eastern Spirituality and Philosophy, not that a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who teach New Age, Eastern Spirituality out there, you and I teach the real deal, is that it's about that deep understanding of yourself and pulling apart that uh, winner-loser mentality and coming back to the core of your being and being completely comfortable there and if you want to do things in your life, do it. But that's not going to define who you truly are. It will never define who you truly are. And if you're seeking acceptance or respect from people because of what you do, that's a pretty empty game. You know, There's a... I think it was... A, maybe it was Eleanor Roosevelt. There was someone of that nature that, that said this quote. It was an interesting quote about... What you have to realize... Is that in the end of the day no one really cares too much about you. So, but we're going around every day thinking that everyone's looking at us and 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 caring a lot about ourselves. But it's you caring about yourself. You're so absorbed in your own self image. No one gives a crap. You know what I mean? No one really does give a crap. And I'm not saying that in a very negative way. This should liberate you that no one's paying too much attention to you. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Don't overestimate yourself. Yeah. Because billions and billions of billions of people have died in this world and you don't even know their name. They've gone. That's it. It's finished. Yeah. And I'm sure they lived a good life and they, they their immediate life around them was great. And that's what's important, that ordinariness. But don't get far ahead of yourself and think that you know, everyone's paying attention to what you're doing and this and that. They're not. They're not. Even Even in some sense, the most famous person in the world, people can't pay attention to what they're doing all the time, you know, and they don't know unless the gossip mag says something. And But even then, it's a fleeting news article, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's just uh, they want that, like, um, momentary um, compliment mm, mm. of like what they, how they look, and mm. what they've achieved, and what not. And again, it's a wrong, wrong drive, yeah. wrong ma- motivation. Yeah. You know? I mean, it might uh, make a dent initially when you think that nobody really actually cares wh- who you are and how you look. Mm. But that is the reality, and we we should be able to accept it. Mm -hmm. So that that leaves a question that then, like, uh, why do I do things then? You know, like, Mm -hmm. say, for example, um, yeah, for you, uh, why do you want to write books? Mm. For example, right? Like, and... Obviously that's because you enjoy writing books first first of all yeah. and enjoy uh cultivating knowledge. Mm. And books are like um just the outcome of studying mm. things. Mm. Like once you gain good amount of knowledge, you will come up with your own ideas. Mm. And you have like, a, that, that's almost like a natural, natural instinctual thing because the human beings are creative creatures. Mm. So we, we want to create things. The bottom line, we have to enjoy what we do, not to achieve something from it. Mm. You know? yeah. Mm.
0: yeah, that's a very good point, enjoyment. It's like when Cal Newport went to see that blacksmith Mm. And no one knows it's blacksmith. He's just a blacksmith. He's an ordinary blacksmith, and he makes these swords, and no one really cares about these swords, mm. but they sell for a fortune. You know what I mean? But he doesn't sell many because, well, who wants swords? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we don't. We don't live in the 16th century, so we but got guns. We <laughs> but anyway, he makes these beautifully crafted swords, right? Mm. And when Cal went to see him, because yeah, Cal wanted to see. Well, he wanted to understand, like, what, why craftsmen do these certain things. And then uh, he, he watched the guy during the process, like, of a few days of making the sword, and it's an arduous journey. You know what I mean? Like, you're banging steel around, you're, you're heating it, you're banging it, you're heating it. It's not an easy process. But then Cal said there was a point when it came in, a thing when it had taken sh- take shape, and he put it up,
1: under a light,
0: under a light, and the look in his eye, he said, "That's what you can't, mm. you can't buy. That that's kind of satisfaction from his own craft. It's not a sense of it. it you don't even, it's not even achievement. It's like a. It's hard to say what that actually is, but there's a sense of awe from right. from from having that had that experience. I I've had that through writing books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. finished a chapter, or maybe." you know, mm. wrote a paragraph or completed the book and went over it and went... Pretty good. There's a, there's a sense of contentment mm. with it, as it is. It doesn't It doesn't it doesn't have to be published and this and that. Obviously, mm. getting published and all that is yeah. all oh, well and good, yeah. but there's a sense of yeah. uh, gratitude there.
1: Gratitude, fulfillment. Fulfillment.
0: Fulfillment, yeah, that's, mm. a, that's the right word. Ananda Swami once said, it, and I'm botching this, uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit this quote, but he said that, because someone asked him about, you know, writing books and because mm. he, he was a prolific scholar, uh, scholar and, and writer. And he was kind of like, you know, it's it's kind of his own, him understanding his own soul coming down to words, which is helping other people understand their own soul. Mm. You know, mm. it's it's his own exploration into his art or craft, mm. which is actually helping other people. Mm. And that's kind of... I think what's happening in with, within well, if, let's, let's exclude pop culture, but within real art and creativity, that's kind of what's happening. You're you're exploring yourself, and if that reaches other people, then that's all well and good. But if it doesn't, or it just reaches a few people, that's still well and good too. But the like as you said, like this this impulse to create is is you're not doing it to achieve. We all have an impulse to make something, but if the impulse, this is where the problem happens, right? The impulse to create then gets commingled with achievement, recognition, recognition, fame, fortune. And that's the manifestation of pop culture, Mm. pop music. So, yeah, Eastern spirituality is just about being completely comfortable with who you are. And as we were just saying, you are, you are kind of in harmony with that Nishkarma-karma karma attitude in the Bhagavad Gita that Krishna is teaching, Arjuna, teaching him how to just act, but don't be attached to the fruits of your own action. Don't start to develop that really toxic mentality of I ought to achieve something from things that I do. You don't have to. I mean, what are you... Like you wash the dishes, right? What's the achievement? There's no achievement. You wash the dishes because they're dirty. Yeah. That's why you wash the dishes. So why are we overlaying this achievement thing onto the more uh, attractive things that we do? You know, like yeah. writing books or creating music or so forth and so on. It's because the society is telling you you need to do that, mm. and we need to get we need to start to have a distance from that if we want to be sane and healthy. And all of these spiritual paths, first and foremost, are systems to make you sane and healthy. And to be sane and healthy is not to be caught up in the toxicity of, of being a person and the toxicity of what culture thinks that person should be. You're distancing yourself from both of them. Mm. You're trying to understand your persona as much as possible, You know your genetic makeup, your conditioning, and so forth and so on. But once you start to peel that onion, then you see... The external that's trying to, you know, that process will also break down, you know, and you'll begin to distance yourself further from those social norms that have been superimposed onto our our mind, you know.
1: Ultimately, that path leads all of us to be authentically happy. Yes. It's got nothing to do with uh, what society tells you how to be and what to do so it's that uh, ultimate happiness mm. that, and contentment fulfillment and from that place we can only uh, be able to live uh, our like m- like a life that's like a, well Allah once, once said like uh, there's art to living mm. right That's a, the life itself becomes um, reflection of uh, who you are, Mm. really, Mm. yeah. And from that place, you don't even need uh, any kind of acknowledgement or approval Mm. by anyone or, you know, or by society or nothing. Mm. Because in the end, well, or we all realize that's kind of pointless, yeah. Like, um, we sometimes have that sort of feeling, uh, why did I even do it, mm. you know? Because you know that uh, motivation and drive was uh, the wrong, wrong, in- from wrong intention, you know. And I think, uh, um, like just like myself, that because. Uh, my parents were, you know, they also um, had a lack of knowledge, mm. so that um, tried to really achieve uh, uh, what's been accepted as good mm. in society. Mm. So it took a long time, I think, to come to that kind of realization, but, and also still um, sometimes struggling. To keep the focus on gratitude and whatnot but it's something we need to constantly remind ourselves Mm.
0: well true confidence is built on what you were saying true confidence is built on the fact that you don't need anything Mm. and you can be completely content as you are without all of these additions that society think that you need that's actually true confidence that confidence we see in the famous people who have achieved a lot in this and that, it's actually not real confidence. That's a confidence built on a low self-esteem. It's built on a lack of confidence, you see.
1: Yeah, we think that to uh, have more confidence in ourselves, like we need to do these things, like you have to have to have more experience and... Um, like I don't know, accumulate accumulate more related knowledge and whatnot, but that's not really it. Yeah. True confidence is just being comfortable with who you really are. Yeah, and that is uh, completely opposite from what society um, mm. want of you.
0: Well, I've I've heard many times people say, "Oh, look at that self help guru who's got extreme confidence," and it's like, no, 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 that that's a veil. That's a that's not real confidence. That's First of all, he, he or she is good at managing themselves in front of people. Mm. They are very intellectual and very calculated and very measured because that 's what they do they're motivational speakers yeah. they've anything we, we can get good at they 've just cultivated themselves a certain way but, but, but you, you bet that they got there because they had a low self esteem they needed respect, they needed love, and now they 're in that position. Mm. And so that confidence you see is just a part of repetition, a part of them comfortable with doing that thing for a certain amount of time. But how many times have we heard the self-help guru and this and that, that have suffered, you know, that have suffered in their life, right? For example, let's look at, let's look at Tony Robbins, right? Tony Robbins, as brilliant as you think he is, he goes to Ken Wilber for knowledge, Ken Wilber doesn't have thousands of people around, around him, and, but Tony goes to him for deep insights into the nature of reality. And it's not saying that Tony, what Tony does is 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 you know wrong or anything like that. He, he does motivate a lot of people, and so forth and so on. But even himself as a self-help guru is going and seeking the Eastern spiritual knowledge to gain deeper insights. He's going to Varanasi. He's going to these places and looking for a deeper insight into life and that says a lot right Mm -hmm. that says a lot because tony being the brilliant man he is and all of the knowledge and that that he has he's still looking at the that Mm -hmm. eastern path because that's where the gold is Mm -hmm. you know but like someone like ken wilber he's definitely not marketable in you know he he had a time right like when buddhism and that came about and uh, which had a kind of a, a you know a boon in Western mm. society, Ken has a lot of health issues at the moment, but mm. um, it didn't last because people continually fall for this
1: mm.
0: winner and loser mentality
1: and we know that Ken Wilbur is strong against that yeah. type of things
0: well, his whole system, the whole integral theory is built on. Getting away from obviously uh having a social self, but you to have a social self from his system of thought is you have to understand your your true self. You can't. It's like Dronza, right? Like to to play the role well, you need to understand yourself first. And understand that the role is only being played. It's not. It can never define who you truly are. But society may demand that you have a role.
2: You know. Yeah.
0: So that's that that information i think people especially in the west they they understand it and they take it on board for a certain period of time but they get overwhelmed with this mantra mm. you know like the general patterns uh, mantra in the film mm. americans love a winner and will mm. and will not tolerate a loser this is not just americans this is all around the world now this mantra being this competitive mantra being drilled into us. So when people come across Taoism or Buddhism or Hinduism and any of their uh, sub-paths, then it feels good, and they and people know it's true, but then they get overwhelmed. You look at look at look at the decade I've been doing this. Right, a lot of people think I've only been doing this since the age of the YouTube. I've been doing this, but not long before that, lectures and so forth and so on and how many people have we seen fall by the wayside mm. because they got overwhelmed with that same mantra they they say to me they know what i'm saying is true mm. and they and it brings freedom to their life but then you see them fall away
1: there's always that but there's
0: always a but mm. or and then mm.
1: yeah like they yeah they know it's important mm. and they know it's the right thing to do To follow the path yeah. That path But Yeah But <laughs> These um, I don't know That became strong conditioning I think mm. To everyone And mm. um, To be someone Achieve someone Make a lot of money This kind of stuff
0: Well you said it best The but yeah, right yeah. So they go I know that's true But, but How is that going to affect My immediate life Yeah, 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 yeah. You see So we've fallen into this very pragmatic way of thinking in the world. And being pragmatic at times can be beneficial and is beneficial. But if you're applying that all the time, and if you're applying that sort of mentality onto uh, how you ought to live and your uh, position in life, then you're going to come across a lot of problems because the nature of yourself... And your happiness, your true happiness, doesn't matter if you're a practical person or not. You have to find that and you have to live from that place. And if you don't, because you're, you're coming from the butt, how is this going to affect my immediate life, then you're going to continue to be sick and you're going to continue to suffer
2: right.
0: because you're still hungry. You're not satisfied. Oh, he, Young is right, but I need that job because that's going to fulfill my material needs Mm -hmm. you know it's a certain level of wealth and Mm. you know
1: yeah i think um still a lot of people uh, think of eastern spirituality in a in a way that they want to get something out of it yeah right yeah they know it's important for their own well-being and Mm to to fulfill um, their life and whatnot, but in the end, we all want something from it. But not necessarily to think that we are going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. It's more like uh, some getting something out of it is like a very small byproduct of following the path. I mm-hmm. think if you were to. I mean we are all in society mm. living ordinary life and um so when we say that yeah that's all well and good but what how what that's gonna benefit my immediate reality mm. well there's a heap of things actually you can say <laughs> of course because when you make your uh inner well-being priority you can change a lot of things in your daily life, mm. for example. Mm. You you um, maybe get up half an hour earlier, mm. right? Mm. And do a simple, I don't know, stretches or meditate or just have a little moment every day because you want to bring that um, path into your life. You know, you want to... incorporate that into your life right Mm -hmm. changing like a small habits Mm. can Mm. be really good start and that make that as a priority you start the day right then pretty much rest of the day is you'll be in a good mood Mm. and whatever happens to you if that's a negative things you will find it much easier to navigate through Mm. right Mm -hmm. instead your usual self would just react and get really cranky and angry mm-hmm. and blame someone, and you know, mm. etc., all that type of things. But you won't react like that anymore. And eventually, we might realize that actually it's a really small part of our life, that's not everything. Yeah. It's small realizations, that small realizations eventually lead to a bigger bigger realizations about ourselves, right? Mm. So getting something out of you will get something out of it mm. eventually. But but it's just not immediate. It's not like you winning a lottery, that's no. all. No. But it's all for your own good. Mm. It is all for your own good. And it only needs a bit of effort, commitment. Again, that's all good for you.
0: Mm. Well, the true answer is like, everything you said if someone asked me Mm. what am i going to get out of this jason how is this going to benefit my life eastern spirituality Mm. how is it practical okay you want the answer if you get that job or you don't get that job you're completely fine Mm. if you have a good day or a bad day you're still completely fine if this happens or that happens you're still completely fine You don't suffer. You see, you're you're, you're grounded, you're centered. You're not attached to Mm. things and you're not attached to an outcome of how life should be. You are completely settled. That's how it's going to benefit your life. You won't hate anymore. You will love. You will see the beauty in the world. And the world is beautiful from this perspective. Don't listen to the media and and all of the, the merchants of fear. The world is a wonderful place. No matter if it's in a pandemic or whatever, it's mm. a wonderful place, mm. and don't let anyone tell you different. That's how it benefits your life. Doesn't matter what happens in your life, you're perfectly fine. Shanti.
1: I mean, we watched uh, not too long ago, second time around. I thought that was the first time. The Beautiful Mind. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. In in the there's one scene that this uh, young boy shows this uh, tape he filmed mm. to his girlfriend. It was um plastic bag.
0: American Beauty. Amer- you should be. Beautiful mind, <laughs> yeah. I said. American, American Beauty. American Beauty, that's yeah, right. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, American Beauty, yes. Um, yeah, so the plastic bag just flying around mm-hmm. in front of the house, and that's all he filmed. Mm-hmm. But plastic bag, is wind blows that way, it goes that way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you just go it just goes with uh, where the wind blows and mm. just flying around here and there and everywhere. He, and he saw that was something beautiful, mm. right? Mm. And following that, the Eastern spiritual path is to allow you to see simple things mm. in that way. Yep. It shifts your perspective mm. in yep. life and that's a somewhat quite enlightening thing yeah you know and that's what we need to do Mm.
0: well that's one of the most profound scenes in any film that Mm -hmm. that simple scene where just the plastic bag is floating around and he's saying look how beautiful it is Mm. like it's the most beautiful thing i've ever filmed and like you said it's just moving around and it has no aim it's you know like this. The beauty in that, if you can see. The thing is that it's not even about changing even our perspective. It's about bringing reality.
1: That's right.
0: You know, we have a perspective. That's the problem, which is a winner and loser perspective, which keeps us away from seeing the world as it truly is. You know.
1: And he said in the movie, "I forget these."
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we do. And we do. Yeah.
1: And I have, I need to rem- remember. Yeah, I need to remember. Yeah.
0: That's one of the most powerful lines, mm. right? I need to remember. Mm. Eastern spirituality is about the remembering, mm. the, sh- the shmriti, about the, the remembrance. You mm. need to remember. I need to remember that all is Brahman, mm. all is Tao. Mm. How do I remember? Well, you're not going to remember if you're in this game, mm. in this game of one-upsmanship mm. and... And you're not humble you mm. come back to the remembering when mm. you lower yourself you become humble mm. and you want to understand the, the, your true nature yeah. you know which is the nature of the whole universe mm. you know where we, we are that tip of the fractal mm. with the whole inner structure of the universe flowing through us as consciousness and it's about eliminating this this over-identification where, where the external and the internal is kind of co-mingled which creates this ego which then thinks that it's in opposition to the world mm-hmm. and, then, and then you ought to be in competition with other yeah. people and be someone. Mm-hmm. That has to be eliminated because that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not the way things are. Mm-hmm. The way things are is the plastic bag mm-hmm. just floating around. Mm-hmm. That's the real reality. That's the beauty of life and that's the, that's the beauty of their own life. Mm-hmm. And that's what Eastern spirituality and that actually provides. Mm. It doesn't even provide it, just it it shows you what how reality actually is. This is how reality is, it's not the way that you thought it was. So why are you trying to be this extraordinary person? Nobody is special, you see. And this is this is a terrible thing for especially self help and self motivation. When you come along and say no one is nobody is special they start to hold their wallets to self-help gurus. They're like, how's that going to help anyone? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when Bill Hicks uh, had that had that uh, set back in the early 90s and he was like, I can't stand when parents say that their kids are special. No one's effing special, you know? Like mm-hmm. you're, You are not special. Yeah. Your
1: child is not special. Yeah, And he's right. Like, whoa. Mm-hmm.
0: It may come across as like being this... Uh, negative set, but he's just he's trying to relay a message and it's a very Taoist message that as humans we think that we are more special than everything. And especially ourselves as as a persona, we think mm-hmm. we're more special than even mm-hmm. other people. But we are no more special than an ant. That's a Taoist perspective. An ant has a place in the universe. A human has a place in the universe. We have different functions and different reasons for existence. We're all part of the Tao. Yeah. But you you get outside of that understanding when you think you're special. Mm -hmm. And this is the problem with this Mm -hmm. self-help and self-motivation. They're trying to tell you that you are special and you're not. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And it's completely fine Mm -hmm. to be ordinary. If you want to be wise like Lin Chi, Lin Chi didn't give a rats Mm -hmm. if he was special or not special. He was just taking a dump, eating food, sleeping, Mm -hmm. and that's his existence. Mm -hmm. He knew that there was nothing... More extraordinary, actually, than that. He's looking at the very simple things in life as extraordinary. Like, he's probably sitting on a toilet going, wow, this is so wonderful.
1: Mm. It's such a great feeling. (laughs) Such a great (laughs) feeling. Such a great great aroma. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: But, like, we we get outside of that when we start to think Mm. we're this this special entity and we're not, Mm. you know. It's the height of a crazy world to create a world based on extraordinariness when the majority of people are ordinary. That's the height of crazy.
2: Mm.
0: That can only create insane people. Oh yeah. Cuz think about it, it can only create insane people mm. cuz most people are ordinary. And ordinariness is a is a wonderful thing. Extraordinariness actually in some sense can highlight someone's low self-esteem. Mm because they're trying to gain love, gain respect from doing things. But we ought to be that person on the bicycle, yeah. perfectly comfortable riding through the city, no need for a Ferrari and this and that, no matter how big their bank account is. And it's not a choice of false modesty. It's a choice of uh, that, that's just what they need. It's, there's no forethought into, like, I need extra things to make myself feel loved or comfortable.
1: You know? Yeah, it's interesting that people do extraordinary things, right? When you look at those people and their their background and whatnot, their motivation and whatnot, they're extremely ordinary people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So the extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. Extraordinary, yeah. So we, when we think of like great Mm. musicians or um, any type of artist painter or writer or or great thinker innovator all these type of people they never the authentic ones Mm. they never consider themselves as special people special individual they just did what they enjoyed to do Mm. and they gave everything Mm. Of course, there's a, a, a very catering environment, mm. right, from mm. a good support from parents and whatnot. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, they're just uh, extremely ordinary people who follow their love, mm. their passion.
0: And they got paid for it. Mm.
1: And those people are more often than not to um, appear in front of Mm. the public Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that's what's something we need to realize that's
0: a great point love because like society is saying you ought to be like that famous person but that famous person is no better than anyone else and actually what's frustrating for the famous person as you know is that they suffer a lot because people project a lot of unnecessary adulation onto them and treat them differently Mm -hmm. and then that famous person finds it hard to have genuine relationships in life genuine friendships Mm -hmm. it really becomes that way because Mm -hmm. of this this so-called you know extraordinary person that the society Mm -hmm. is telling Mm -hmm. other people that they are but the famous person themselves know that well I only I I loved acting for example Mm -hmm. and I found it interesting Mm -hmm. and creative and I just got paid for it and I became famous. It wasn't my choice. But then society and the media start saying, look, look at this guy or look at this girl and you should be like them. Mm-hmm. Then other people start to think like that and then they project their mm-hmm. own illusions uh, onto that famous person.
2: Yeah.
0: They always say that you should meet your your idol. Your idol. Mm-hmm. Because when you meet your idol, you re- you'll realize that they're no more special than you are.: Right. They're no more special than you are. they're just good at something. They're not better than you, they're just mm. good at something. Yeah. You might be good at making banana smoothies. You, they can't make a banana smoothie like you exactly but, the, but making banana smoothies is not valued as much as making a Hollywood blockbuster.
2: yeah
0: So before anyone projects their own illusions and, and fantasies onto their idols, remember, everyone's not special. No one is special. I mean, no, no one is special, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, and they are just as ordinary as what you are, but they, are, for whatever reason, because, actually, not for whatever reason, because society is focused on winners and losers, they create them and manufacture them as a winner, as opposed to someone who was a loser who might be a, a, a furniture removalist, mm. but there are good furniture removalists out there, right? Why don't we start oh, praising time. the furniture removalist? Like, man, he does a good job. Mm. does a really good job. Never, never scratches the furniture, gets it in the house. But we, that's not the society that we we didn't... We, ha, we are not creating a society for ordinariness. We're creating a society for or, extraordinariness.
1: Um, when I come back home from going out and come back home and always just walking around. Always see this uh, same group of um, council workers around, mm. just collecting rubbish mm. and mm. emptying uh, bins and things mm. like mm. that. And because we live in close to the city, there's a lot of human traffic mm. and mm. whatnot. So there's uh, like... A, the s- scenes that you don't want to see is, is happening around here mm. So I sometimes think that Like exactly the same individual Clean up the Pavement and mm. You know mm. picking up the Like a broken um, Glass bottles and things like that And I sometimes Look at those people's Face that like it does not seem very happy And, and like Just like uh, everyday thing and mm. Like mm. had enough and that mm. tired, tiring look in their faces. And like I, I was just thinking, how many people really give um, much attention to that sort, of people? sort of people? Because yeah. to be honest, not many people want to have that sort of job, right? Mm. But they, because of their circumstances and whatnot, and they became to be a, a council worker. And they do that for a living. But that kind of things, I think we need to give more attention and um, gratitude. Yeah, more towards, praise for. Yeah, yeah. more praise. Because uh, without I, them, without, that's the thing. Without those people, we might live in just a dump every corner, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And we need to give more attention to those things that we think that's something... Um, something for granted yes like that's something of course we take it like yeah, we have those workers to you know make it clean whatever yeah but like when you think a bit more deeply like not many people want to do that sort of work and we don't pay too much attention and we don't give much gratitude Mm. and I think we need to give more attention and see things a bit more deeply, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Just to, uh, the same as our own life as well. Like, yeah. You know, pay attention to things that you take it for granted. and That's what changes um, your perspective in things, I think.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, the ordinary life is the good life. Mm-hmm. That has to be the mentality. Yeah. The good life is the ordinary life. And so as, you know, those council workers, if they understood that, they may approach their job differently yeah. but also as you said they may get a lot more respect from people too that's right thank you for doing this and, mm. you know you and I have lived in Asia and, and people especially in Southeast Asia and, and South Asia people get respected for their jobs for what they for the their contribution to society mm. they get a lot of gratitude no, not all the time but mm. you know they are noticed more than mm-hmm. say in the West mm-hmm. Where we'll just like ah you know that's mm. just that's just their job, and you know whatever you don't think you don't think too much about it, yeah. you know, but as you know we always talk about India, but as you see in India especially is that you know it, for an Indian if they get a job, even if they like you know like how many young boys and and uh, young men may like shine shoes on the street in india mm-hmm. or or may cut cut hair on the street, and though we may think it's such a simple job and you know like it's not extraordinary at all but when we see those individuals uh working they really love what they do mm. they do they they do right like when you see the guys like you go and get a haircut from a guy on the street and you get in a conversation, like you just know that he this is just he just loves it mm. you know what i mean like and it's kind of strange because if you look at someone who's in a hairdresser in or a barber shop in the west it's not that they love it it's kind mm-hmm. of their job and yeah. This this different thing, right? Much
1: more self-interested. Much
0: more self-interested. Mm-hmm. Where India itself has kind of embraced the ordinariness mm-hmm. because everyone is just a everyone is just part of Shiva. It's not like you know, well there is that happening with the Mumbai crowd and some of the Delhi crowd, but there's this, there's this so-called extraordinariness with people, but there is a deep understanding that we are all not special, mm. but we're all part of something that's much greater than uh, our, our own personal selves. And so they have a deep appreciation of what they do, which, yeah. which is actually really overwhelming to see. Like you, how many times you and I, we go and just hang out with the Chaiwala, and the Chaiwala absolutely just, mm. uh, an intri- like a, you know, a, such an intrinsic element of the fabric of society, the mm. Chaiwala. And they, and they understand that, mm. that they are. Mm. that and then mm. that's actually gives them a lot of peace mm. of mind
1: they have their such innocent heart yeah. Is
0: mm. that's a good point right because mm. if you keep that mindset you have an innocent mm. heart mm. isn't it funny that when you're trying to when you're constantly hungry and you're trying to be someone in your life and this and that you lose your innocence mm. it's just a byproduct of it a lot of people say, why are rich people constantly a-holes and why, why is that one person like that? Intrinsically, they're not. Mm. But they are hungry. And when you're hungry, you don't consider the collateral damage. You're just going guns blazing ahead to achieve your goals. But when you take goals out of the equation, you keep a childlike mind. Interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: we all need to understand that, I think, that self-motivational... Material is just gonna keep, uh, gonna make us to have a hungry mind constantly. constantly. It's never gonna fulfill, actually. You can, we can read a tons of self motivational books, but it won't compare, it won't um, be able to compare any one chapter of Tao Te Ching, no. for example. No.
0: Couldn't give you that.
1: Yes. It only gonna enhances your hunger,
0: I think. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, like I said, there's only two types of books. Mm. How to be a millionaire and how to, deal with, how to get out of low self-esteem. But they're the same book. Same book. And so all you're reading is the same book but from different authors. Packaged differently. Trying to motivate you and to get you up. But it, none of them all accumulated, like you said, can't equate to one chapter of the Te Ching or, or one chapter of the Bhagavad of the Gita or the Upanishads can't even can't even get close, mm-hmm. never grasp it, never grasp the depth of that yeah
2: that's
0: right it'll get you motivated to play the game. Eastern spirituality is about the end of the game,
2: yeah
0: match point match point, match point. Mm-hmm. that's it. Checkmate, mm-hmm. it's over, yeah, you know. You either want to continue to engage and be involved in the game and continue to suffer and wonder why you suffer or you go in the opposite direction. Yes. doesn't mean you won't get involved in the game but it means that you'll understand the game from a deeper place from having not played the game. You know. Mm. That's what's important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why... Um, I some when I sometimes search those books, like self-help help type of book, but it, I guess I find it interesting topic or whatever. And when I get to have a look, have a lot of contents and whatnot, very familiar. It, it's not; that it doesn't mm. offer much. Completely new, mm. And mm. same, same, different title, different author, mm. but mm. what they are driving to is pretty much the same in the end
0: Mm. yeah Mm. how to play the game well yeah and how to be the winner of the game
1: yeah
0: because the world only accepts winners and won't tolerate losers Mm. that's the mentality yeah but if you're watching this podcast you're listening to this podcast Mm. you're completely fine with being a loser Mm. and being ordinary yeah I'm not using loser in a negative tone here I'm using it in the sense of just being ordinary
1: yeah, well, I think ultimately losing is winning, I think. Mm. Less is more.
0: Less is more, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that, that, I think that's, that, that is that the truth. Mm.
0: Yeah. But we all work that out. You either work that out when you get older or you work it out now when you're, mm. when you're younger. Mm. Most people, they leave it till they're over 70 or 80 to come to those conclusions, mm. like Confucius. But you can either come to the conclusion now mm. and see that all of this... This game you're playing is—it's not real. Uh, it's not going to not going to give you a greater understanding of life, and not going to give you the tools to alleviate suffering, which is important. And if you're not alleviating suffering, you're not living. You're actually just not living. Yeah. You know, you're living in a in a suboptimal state, in an unnatural state, because society has taught you. Look, don't be content with who you are. Be someone. Be someone else. (laughs) You know? This is Mm -hmm. the game of comparison, right? Mm -hmm. Being someone else is the game of comparison. That's why social media is so toxic. It's contributed to a lot of this mental health problems because it's constantly telling you to look at other people Mm -hmm. and projecting your own sense of lack onto them, which then makes you start to behave differently to get to wherever they are. And that's... That's the depth of a insane psychology. So we should never compare our life to anyone, to other people or anything. This is, a, this is a cardinal sin that we should never do. And we are in that constant habit of comparing our life. And as I said, when you're comparing your life, you're seeing what you don't have. And that's the depth of a, a deep, Psychosis developing within society actually. So, yeah,
1: it only leads to more suffering, more pain, right? It only gets you to focus more on lack, what you lack, really. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just gonna not help anybody, right?
0: No, yeah. Well, it's like what you said earlier in the podcast Eastern spirituality is about focusing on what you have, not what you lack. And I think that that's a takeaway from this podcast for everyone is that. Stop comparing and appreciate what you already have, you know, and appreciate the ordinariness and the ordinary person that you are. It's great that you're not special.
1: Well, that's true. Again, the fame, what the Zhuangzi said once, fame is so unnatural to all of us. Yes. And that's only going to leave us more problem. It, it might just destroy our life, really. And we've witnessed that happen among a lot of celebrities, right? Mm. Taking their own lives and mm. a very sad story. And we need to always remind that to ourselves all the time.
0: Well, he scoffs at fame.
1: <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> but that's it? a Taoist
0: way, isn't it? Yeah. Like, to highlight how ridiculous it is in the end. And not that the famous people are ridiculous, but the whole spectrum of fame itself is such a toxic world. Yeah. And produces toxicity within society and, and, and within individuals. So it's something that's very unnatural.
1: The movie was called Fane or something with uh, Wesley Wesley with, Snipes and Robert De Niro. Yeah, that's the that one. Yeah, and yeah. Robert yeah. De Niro was fan <laughs> of uh, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was him. Him being a baseball, really good baseball mm-hmm. player or something. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty interesting perspective to see from Wesley Snipes' characters uh, position yeah, right course, yeah. how actually ridiculous fans look like yeah. in from that place from that place you know? yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that is pretty interesting how yeah. that, then i felt like how these uh, fans are like yeah fanatics you yeah, know yeah. somewhat mm. is a little bit, a bit well gooey. fans come from fanatics right yeah I think, yeah i mean so, so, so doesn't seem um natural it's not natural yeah, we know yeah,
0: that's yeah. not natural actually the, the heightened fame that we have these days well, it has never existed in a, in in all of human evolution. It has never existed, right? There has always been, well, maybe like kings and queens and, you know, like tyrants. They were the famous people in the old days. But now, like, we have, you know, everyone's famous. Someone who makes Facebook is famous. Someone who creates this app is famous. A baseballer is famous. You know, it goes on and on, right? Yeah. But But we need to remember that little bit of wisdom that even as famous as you are, not the world doesn't revolve around you and most people aren't paying attention to you. Even, doesn't matter, even if you are the most famous person in the world, it's hard for people to focus on you all the time. So don't ever estimate yourself.
1: And another thing, like once I saw Joe Rogan's podcast, just, uh, I didn't watch the video, mm. but I read just the title of the video saying some guest that he had said... Um, nowadays of what fame is so important
2: because mm.
1: basically every second person is on youtube and whatnot mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. maybe it's like a the other way to look at it mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. nowadays being famous or fame itself it actually doesn't have much meaning to our lives
0: anymore no mm-hmm. yeah it's you know like if if that's again like we mentioned earlier in the folk earlier in the podcast if you are focusing your life on being famous then that's already a psychological problem Mm. you know because you're assuming that you need to be someone to be validated your existence need to be validated in the eyes of others and we just have to get out of that mentality and that's what we've kind of been focusing on in this whole podcast is trying to get out of that mentality of that you are portrayed as a winner if you achieve a lot of things in life and that you are someone as opposed to a loser who's just ordinary. And, you know, they don't need anything in life. They know they're not special, but they're completely content with just living their life.
1: And they're just fine. They're
0: fine, yeah. Mm. With whatever amount of money they have, with the people they have in their lives, they're completely happy. You and I have seen this all over the world, and, and what's you know ironic is in the third world, most people, a lot of people are happier have less money and have less possessions. We've seen the rural people in the farms in India and Thailand and Nepal and Myanmar and all of these places and they're more content than the Wall Street banker. Yeah. And so that says a lot about the way we've oriented our society, at the goal orientation of society and this illusion of the American dream.
1: Definitely. There's something we all need to look inside ourselves and be very honest exactly yeah
0: the yeah. american dream is literally a dream <laughs> 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 that's
1: right just just, just dream stays is dream and yeah. if you
0: fall for it it's, it's likely going to be a nightmare right because mm-hmm. we got to get out of that mentality which i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that everyone can achieve anything, anything. Mm-hmm. and that's not true mm-hmm. and we have to just be comfortable with that and that's the eastern perspective and that's the actual reality and so Hopefully, you all got a lot out of today's podcast. Uh, we always, you and I, always talk about about this subject a lot because yeah, we we deal with people who come across our content who actually are grateful, and some people aren't. You know, we've we've had individuals say before, "Humility is humiliation," and I don't even know how that works. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that that again is coming from the winner and loser mindset. You see. Uh- See, humiliation Mm -hmm. comes from a winner-loser mindset. That's right. Where humility comes from an acceptance Mm. of who you truly are and Mm. the way the world truly is. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed. We enjoy always talking to you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a good week.